Every day, thousands of concerns press for our attention. Our world is wrestling with all kinds of legitimate social issues. Do you ever wonder how things became so complicated? Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Do you ever dream about a simpler time in your life and faith? In this series, we will look at four one thing statements in the Bible to help us quiet all the noise and call us back to a simpler faith. We hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, church. And good morning to those of you online. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It's been pretty amazing, uh, both services. We've had some packed houses, and we're so grateful for what God is doing. And I just, I, I'm telling you, I'm spoiled because I got to do that twice. Was that amazing worship today? Oh, my gosh. I, um, I, I just... I'm just blown away and just love uh, the giftedness and the talent that we have here at our church and what God has blessed us with. Um, before I get onto the message, um, our church is 47 years old. And so um, there's really only one tradition, I think, that we've had for all 47 years. And uh, they used to call it Faith Promise. We call it um, Celebrate Now. And so some of you know what that is, some of you don't. It's happening next Saturday, 5 o'clock. And here's what I want to do. As your lead pastor, I am asking, almost pleading, that you would come check this out. Some of you, it's a normal part of your yearly schedule. Some of you, you've never been a part of it. We changed the whole ambiance of it about, I don't even know, 15 years ago. But we call it Celebrate because what we do is we start off with a Thanksgiving meal next Saturday at 5 o'clock in the gymnasium. It's all decorated really nice. We have that, and then we come over here, and we have the worship we have some fun staff things that we do. We celebrate what God has done in our church from January until now. And I'm telling you, I've been in the last couple of meetings for this. We've had to take stuff off the plate and we had to pick and choose because so much has happened in our church this year that only God could have been a part of it. And so um, we celebrate that. And then we celebrate all the new members and all the baptisms. We have a special video for that. And so we want to pack this place out and we'd love for you to participate. Um, we usually have around 300. I'd love to see 400 come to that. And so you could sign up at the Welcome Center on the way out or go on the website and you could sign up there. So we make sure we have enough turkey and stuffy and mashed potatoes and veggies and that vegetarian stuff. And I'm sorry if you're a vegetarian, but ew. And, and, then, and then my daughter-in-law comes because there's a plethora of desserts. So um, that is uh, an encouragement on behalf of me that you would join us next Saturday at 5 o'clock as we celebrate God. Amen? So um, <laughs> I want to bring you back many, many years ago. I think I was like 18, 19 years old, so a little bit ago. And I believe it was actually my mom because my mom had done so much for me uh, that I, I wanted to take her out to dinner. And back then, at least in my mind, the place to go, if you've arrived, was Black Angus. <laughs> That's right, better than Sizzler. Yeah, it was like the top rung. I think there's still one around. But do you guys remember when it was on um, Victory and like Owen's Mouth, where kind of Costco is, right? And so, um, so back in the day, they had this coupon that would come every once in a while. It was a full page, and it had like six or seven or eight different coupons. And so I got that. I've got my money. And I believe it was my mom. We're, we're, we're sitting there. And uh, 
we's going to have a nice dinner. And I told the waitress, man, I'd like this coupon, this coupon. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. Um, you're only allowed one coupon. Oh, <laughs> right? And so I have to make a choice, which one? And she goes, well, you might want this one. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember like yesterday. They always had this special where you could get two meals for dot, 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 right? And I, I bet you it was like two full meals for $39, which might as well have been $2,000 for me at that time. But I have to make this choice, which coupon, right? So then I picked that one. And then she goes, okay, great, which steak? And then she lists out all these steaks. Okay, I'll pick this one. And then she goes, how would you like that cooked? Would you like it cooked medium? Would you, well done, medium rare, all that. Okay, I'll pick this, right? And then she goes, well, do you want this flavor on it, that flavor? Do you want mushrooms on it? Do you want onions? I'll have the mushrooms, all right? And then she's like, oh, you get two sides. Oh, great. Okay, I'd like a salad. Oh, do you want the Caesar salad or do you want the garden salad? I'll take the garden salad. Oh, do you want ranch? Do you want blue cheese? Do you want Italian? And I'm like, all right, I'll take the ranch. And then uh, what do you want for your other side? Oh, do you have potatoes? Yeah, do you want the scallop potatoes? Do you want the garlic mashed potatoes? Do you want the mashed potatoes? Do you want the baked potato? I'll take the baked potato. Are you guys getting hungry? And then she's like, you know what it is. You want the butter? You want the sour cream? Do you want the cheese and the bacon bits on there? And I'm like, yes, all of it, you know? And then, oh, by the way, I need to get your dessert order so they can get, you know? And it was like, I was exhausted with all the choices just for a meal. You know what I'm talking about? I'll take those choices any day over some of the choices I'm faced with today. And we could laugh about Rob Denton's experience at a Black Angus 30-something years ago. But the truth is, as we sit here, we face hundreds of decisions on a weekly, sometimes a daily basis. They're a lot more important than what kind of salad dressing do you want? And this can bring a lot of chaos into our heart. And this sets us up for today's message because I told you a couple of weeks ago we started a new series called One Thing. I was out golfing uh, with Pastor Dudley Rutherford over at Shepherd uh, many years ago. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to write this book. And, and uh, there's, there's seven one thing comments, you know, in the Bible. And sure enough, the next year we're out golfing and he hands me the book. And he goes, here it is. It's done. And so this year I said, hey, can, can, I, can I use that as a resource? Absolutely, right? And we've done that. You know, we've, we've looked at the one thing. <laughs> we talked about city slickers, right? One thing, Curly, right? But what is the one thing? Um, we've talked about the one thing the first week was to seek the Lord. Uh, last week, Pastor John said the one thing is to what? To prioritize. And today, the one thing that we're going to look at is to choose. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Whew, thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. I pray that, um, that you would use this messy guy up here to preach a clear message. And I know only that could be done through your Holy Spirit. I pray that you speak to my heart, our hearts, as we open up your book. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Well, let's jump right into our chapter today. It's Luke chapter 10, uh, our story 
Luke chapter 10, you've got the New Testament, then you've got Matthew, then you've got Mark, then you've got Luke. And we're going to go to chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, a hard copy on your way out, you could go grab one. They're on the bookshelves at the back as you exit. A lot of people have it on their phone. You could get a great free app called um, YouVersion, which I would highly uh, recommend. So we're going to, usually we read the, what they call the NIV but for today's purposes, um, I'm going to be reading from um, the, C- the CEV version. And it reads like this, starting in verse 38. The Lord and his disciples were traveling along and came to a village. When they got there, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary. So we got two sisters, Martha and Mary, who sat down in front of the Lord and was listening to what he said. Martha was worried about all that had to be done. Finally, she went to Jesus and said, now this is interesting to me, okay? <laughs> Pause. You don't mention the seeds. What did she say? But she's got some gump. <laughs> this woman was not afraid to go right up to the man, So she goes right up to Jesus and she says, Lord, doesn't it bother you? (laughs) Doesn't it bother you that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Some of you can relate to this. You have siblings like this. You have spouses like this. You have coworkers like this. Then here's where she's got the gumption. She tells Jesus what to do. tell her to come and help me. And Jesus was like, yes, 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 Martha. Yes, sorry about that. Mary, go help your crazy sister. Well, no, that's not what this says, does it? The Lord answered. And sometimes, not often, but sometimes I wish I actually got to hear Jesus' voice. Like we see his words, but like, what inflection, what voice inflection did he use here, right? So, you know, his response is to say, Martha, Martha, you've worried about so many things and you're so upset. Or was it Martha? Martha. You are worried and upset about so many things. I have a guess at which voice it is. But I know what voice I would use, and it probably wouldn't be Jesus. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about so many things, but only what? One thing. But only what? One thing is necessary. So what is that one thing? Mary has chosen. Mary has chosen what is what, church? Mary has chosen what is what, church? Mary has chosen what is what, church? Mary has chosen what is best. The one thing today is a choice. And I would go as far as to say it's the most important choice you and I could ever make in our life. And it's the most important choice you and I can make in our life daily. See, this choice isn't a one and done decision. Only one thing is necessary, Jesus says. The first week was to seek. The second week was to prioritize. And this week, it's to choose. And so if you're taking notes, write this down, to choose. 
Number one to choose. So Jesus directs Martha to the best choice. In the midst of her chaos, in the midst of her confusion, in the midst of her chain, change, he's saying, Martha, you need to look to your sister Mary. What was Mary's choice? That Jesus is pointing out. Glad you asked. Luke chapter 10, verse 39. She had a sister named Mary who sat, who what? Who sat in front of the TV? Who sat in front of the cell phone? Who sat in front of the sewing machine? Who sat in front of the oven? Who sat in front of a man? Who sat in front of a checkbook? Who sat in front of, and the list goes on. It says, who sat in front of the Lord and was listening to what he said. Do you catch that? So the best choice that we can make is to choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now that's not going to be on the front page of any newspaper. It's probably not going to be a highlight on any news channel. It's probably not going to be highlighted in any podcast that you listen to. Well, I guess there'd be some. But this is what the best choice is for us. We have the choice. We are at a crossroads. We have the choice of choosing the chaos and the confusion of this world and all that comes with it. Or we have the, the choice to choose Jesus and the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we're going to talk about that in depth a little bit more. In Dudley's book, One Thing, he writes this. It seems as though we are busier than ever with so many different things vying for our attention. Would you agree with that? However, this hurried, distracted living creates the perfect setup to allow worship thieves to sneak in. Did you catch that? The enemy knows full well that it's difficult for us to maintain a heart of worship when we're overwhelmed with the task and responsibilities and expectations that we or others have put on our plates. But here's what this pastor says, and forget about pastors, just a human being. I love the fact that we've been given choice. Does that make sense? And if you've been around long enough, I talk about this a lot because it's part of my conversion story. You see, my experience, not everybody's experience, but in the Catholic Church, I didn't think I had choice. I just saw a guy that was going to zap me when I did something wrong, and, and there's not a whole lot of choice in that. My experience in the Mormon Church early on, not a whole lot of choice. The, the, same, the same things. And so I was just like, ah, this God, I'm just going to, yeah, he's real. I believe in him, but I better stay away, right? But then at the age of 18, I had a car accident that uh, just about took my life. It kind of woke me up. I asked some new questions. I came to West Valley Christian Church. One of the pastors started teaching me the word of God. And one of the things I learned early on that I didn't know was that God gave me free will. Did you catch that? Like, that's a big deal for me. I don't know if it's a big deal for you, but we're not a bunch of robots, 
They're just walking around going like this, doing whatever we were pre-programmed to do. That God loved us so much that he gave us the ability to choose. And we know that from the beginning of history, when you open up your Bibles in Genesis, uh, you got Adam and Eve in the garden. We got that whole tree thing. And I'm not picking on Eve today. And I'm not going to pick on Adam today. But the, 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 the reality is, is you read that story, they had a choice, didn't they? Were they going to obey God or disobey God? Were they going to eat the apple or not eat the apple? And it wasn't on anybody but them. They got to choose. And you fast forward to 2023, guess what? Yes, you've been influenced by the world. Yes, you've probably been influenced by your parents. Yes, you've been influenced by your community. Yes, you've been influenced by all these people. But at the end of the day, no one's going to make you do anything. When it comes to your decision for Jesus Christ, it's your decision and yours alone. It is. You're a big boy and you're a big girl. And it doesn't, (laughs) please hear me with all the respect for parents and such, because I am a parent, but you know what? It doesn't matter what your parents said. It doesn't matter what tradition says. It doesn't matter what culture says. It matters what God's word says. And are you going to make the decision to choose chaos and confusion and worry over the other choice of Jesus and a peace that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of chaos. Joshua, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. But if serving the Lord, Joshua says, seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me, he says this, this is Joshua. He goes, you do you. That's a loose translation. But as for me and my house, we are going to do what? We're going to serve the Lord. So what's your choice? What's my choice? And what's really interesting, we may or may not get to it in this story. Martha's not a bad person in this story. And if I perceive or if I'm presenting her as a bad, she's not a bad person. Cleaning a house and preparing for somebody is not a bad thing. But realize in this passage, Jesus says, but your sister is doing what is best. So it's not a right and wrong, it's a better and best. And for you and I, raising your kids is a good thing if you have kids. Being single is a good thing if that's what you choose. Going to work in your career, good things. Having a home, good things but they may not be the best thing if they come before worshiping Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Matthew chapter seven, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? Destruction. And what's sad is it says many will enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to what? There's your crossroads. Brother, where art thou? Another classic good movie. And I remember one of the powerful scenes is, is the young African-American man with his guitar. He comes at a crossroad in a dusty, dusty road, right? Do you remember that? And it was, man, am I going to keep going this way or am I going to be successful and sell my soul to the devil and go this way? I, I look at this passage as a crossroad and it's saying, hey, there's this road that leads to salvation and there's this road that leads to destruction. You Make the choice. 
And for me, I have to make that choice every day. And for you, you have to make that choice every day. Are you going to choose the chaos? Are you going to choose Christ? Which one is worthy? Which one are you going to worship? I, um, not many people know this. Uh, not last week, the week before, I went to Mexico. Finally, you know, I'd been there, Puerto Vallarta, many years ago with a friend and his wife. And um, he's the kind of guy that just is just random. So one night, 10 o'clock at night, he'd knock on the door, midnight, he'd knock on the door and say, let's get an Uber. You'd go out to, to, to the Walmart and he'd buy like a thousand toys. The next day we're finding an orphanage. And that's just how he and his wife are. And you fast forward, uh, throughout COVID, he and his wife went many times to part of Varia. And they kept serving uh, these orphans and kept doing these little parties. And they got connected with a family. And this family started a church. And he's been on my case to keep going you know, to Mexico. And the pastor needs help. And he's young and yada, yada. So eventually, last two weeks ago, I went. And it was great. Uh, you know, it's this little church. Uh, he's amazing. He's paying the rent on this. Just, it's just a building that's maybe just like that big. Maybe about 50 people in the church. But um, they, they're young, well, not young in age, young in ministry. Like he's a lawyer, she's a teacher, but hardly any money. But he just, they have a heart for people. And one of the things I learned is they're doing this church, but they also have a heart for a community that's about 40, 40 minutes away. So we met, met, met. We talked. We worked on things. I've made a commitment to help mentor him uh, once a month on a Zoom call. But he says, uh, tonight we're going to this community that we go to every Wednesday. And uh, we set up these tables and we feed these kids that probably haven't eaten many meals that week. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of crime. That's what they told me. So we get in there and then I, I find out um, quickly that this is not a place that this guy's supposed to be. And um, uh, you could read in between the lines, but it was run by a certain group. And the police don't even go into this is what I found out. The government doesn't go in there. And here we are. And they set up these tables and, and um, about 100 kids show up. And they, they, they sing, they have this meal, they laugh. But there's a lot of stuff going on around. And I'm having to make a choice. You know, <laughs> am I fearful for my own life? Or am I just going to be here because I'm here and just be with these kids and love of them? God help me in that, in that situation to be there. I noticed a young man the whole evening. He was setting up tables. He's running around. He's playing with the kids. He's having fun. Probably about 19 years old. And so I pulled him aside. He had broken English. I had broken Spanish. And I found out that he said, just three weeks ago, just three weeks ago, I was on drugs. I was a drug addict. Now, you know, there's all kinds of violent crime in this area. There's a lot of sex trafficking of these kids. There's just, it's, just a, it's just a messy environment. He goes, but then these people came every week and I'd watch from down the street how f- happy these kids were. And he goes, so then I started participating and I've helped start setting up these tables. I, I blow up the balloons for the kids. I help make the food. And, and, and now there's a translator and we're, we're getting all the deep information and he goes, my life has been changed. And I thought, what a perfect example. Here's a young man that lives in the chaos Uh, Most of his mentors, if not all of them, are not good. But in the midst of that, he he found himself at a crossroad of seeing something different and realizing he could be something different. Does that make sense? It was fun because in our conversation, I don't say this much to people. I looked at him and I said, keep doing what you're doing. I could see you being a pastor one day. And he just blew up on that one. 
Now I'm in San Fernando Valley, West Hills, West Valley Christian Church with you. Is there that young man, that young woman, that older man, older woman here that that needs to hear the same words? That needs to be encouraged that yes, yes, you might be in the midst of chaos. You may have all this craziness going on. But I want to let you know, not because I have the ability, because God does. He says, choose me. You could keep running around like Martha. But I would call you to sit at my feet. I got you. Amen, church? We have the choice. I, um, I understand that worship means that God is worthy, or whatever it is. You know, if it's a car, then we're, if we're worshiping the car, then we're giving all of our time and resources toward, towards it, right? And we're saying this thing is worthy of it. What do you give when you believe something is worthy? I wrote that question down and I wrote, I give my time, my energy, and my devotion. In our story today, we see that Mary saw Jesus as worthy. And she chose to sit at his feet and to give him her time, energy, and devotion. Which worship simply does mean a bended knee. This is what you and I do when we're devoted to something. This is what we do when we find that something's worthy. I'm not going to read the story, but I want you to read it this week. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, 1 through 8. This story is in all four Gospels. It's the same Mary. And in John chapter 1, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in honor of Jesus. Martha served while Lazarus was among at the uh, reclining at the table. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet. And then you read the rest of the story. But remember I said when we worship something, we find it worthy. And when we find it worthy, we give our best, our time, our resources, our devotion. Again, here is Mary. The same Mary is finding herself in a situation where she sees Jesus is in the home. We see Martha running around again. She goes into the room where she had saved up this beautiful, expensive perfume. She came back in the midst of all this. She got down on her feet, which is worship again. She poured this this expensive perfume and washed wiped it with her hair, again, showing Jesus that he is worthy of her best. Are you seeing the same words that I'm seeing in here? Isn't this a beautiful expression of Mary's worship towards Jesus? Which would lead me to this, and and many of you, you, you've made a decision for Christ, and you're living for Christ, and that's beautiful, and you're coming to church, because here you are today, and I applaud you for that, and I think that's great, and here I am, and I think that's great, and that's part of it. But the question is, are we giving God our best? Are we truly worshiping him? Are we worshiping the chaos and the priorities of what this life would say is the, uh, uh, the urgent, the squeaky will, give me attention, give me resources, give me money, and it's all screaming over here, and Jesus is over here going, here I am. And, and Mary is uh, such a beautiful example because I think she integrated herself in life, but she was also able to take advantage of the opportunities when Jesus was there, not to push it aside, but to sit at his feet and give her his, her best with the time and the resources. And by the way, let me get real specific here. 
And, and I would challenge you, you know, we're, we're probably getting near the end of the year. I'm guessing I've got about 10 sermons or less uh, for the rest of this year. You could go listen to all the other sermons and you could check me on this. We don't talk about money enough here at West Valley Christian Church. The Bible talks about it all the time and, and for whatever reason, I, I, I don't hit it as much as uh, I, I ought to. And so when I say that, I'm gonna tell you specifically, I wanna go after this this morning. Are you giving Jesus your best with your finances? We could talk about servant, we could talk about resources, we could talk about your gifts and all that kind of stuff. But specifically today, here's this woman that did not have much and she gave all. And Jesus, if you read in that story, he commends her. Because guess what was happening with the outsiders? Even the disciples are like, I'm not sure. That's pretty expensive stuff she's pouring there. And especially Judas. You ever heard of Judas? Judas is like, oh my gosh, Jesus, she, she's a bad person bad person. You need to get on her tail because she just poured a bunch of, a bunch of expensive perfume and that perfume could have been sold and given to the poor. And you know how many people could have been fed with that perfume alone that's been poured on your feet? And Jesus didn't go, you know what, Judas, good point. As a matter of fact, he said, Judas, and this is Rob Denton, loose translation, shut up. You're full of it, Judas. You don't care about giving that to the poor. You care about lining your own pockets. Mary is doing what is right. Yes, she's poured that on my feet, but she's shown that I am worthy. And by the way, I could outdo anything she ever pours on my feet. And by the way, he's still that way today. Amen? Are you giving Jesus your best? Am I giving Jesus my best? I have zero problem saying this. And I don't say this in any arrogant way. I just say it as is. I was taught when I became a Christian at 18 about tithing. I told you this the other day, a couple weeks ago. I think it's the best deal in the world. Someone, anyone in here wants to do it, go for it. Walk up to me, give me $1,000. And just say, I want 10% back. You could even say you want 50% back. I'll still take that deal. Matter of fact, I'll take that deal at 95% back. Because <laughs> I did nothing, Right? And that's what God's done. He's given everything to us and he's asked for 10% back. And, and, and Mary, she's done this. So what I want to say is your pastor tithes. And that, that might, like, okay, that's good. But that's a big statement because there's a lot of pastors don't, that don't believe they should tithe. Like their tithe is to serve the church. Well, baloney. I'm a Christ follower before I'm a pastor. And my responsibility is my family, we tithe. And I said this first service, I'll say the second service. You could check it on it. You go in the office Monday through Friday, ask Cynthia, hey, I wanna see if Pastor Rob's true, if he really does tithe, if it's family, okay? So I, wanna, I say that because I need to lead out that way. But that's not even my best because the truth is I could do even better than that. Does that make sense? That's just a starting point. Got quiet in here. I know you're still back at, do I want the Caesar salad or do I want the, <laughs> but church, isn't that what we're talking about here? See, the world is so worried about all this other stuff and that's where my heart hurts. I, I can't even, we're at that time of the year. I told the life group that this, I told our staff this, this is the time of the year where uh, 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 switches flip. 
Like it ha- it's happened for 35 years of ministry. I don't know if it's because the sun goes down earlier and you're driving home in the dark. I don't know if it's because there's Christmas stuff all over the place and there's first for you, you know, for the first time, you know, since so-and-so passed and I'm gonna have my first thing. There's all kinds of reasons, but, but people emotionally just go all over the place. And I wanna say this, that my heart has crazy compassion. You know, when we sing, uh, I want to speak the name of Jesus over depression and anxiety and, and all that, I know my own life for that, and I know all the stories that I've heard just in our congregation, and I'm thinking of names and faces outside of even myself, of like, I don't want the devil to win in this area. Are, are, is there anyone else in agreement on this? And so I just want to step on the devil. I want to stomp on the devil. And I want to say, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And yes, anxiety is hard. And yes, depression is hard. And yes, the worries of this world are hard. And yes, the pressures are hard. And yes, relationships are hard. And yes, finances. And yes, decisions. And yes, and yes, and yes. But I do know this. At the beginning, we need to start with the decision of yes to Jesus or no to Jesus. It's that simple. And I am saying, we ought to say yes to Jesus, and then all those other choices fall underneath of that. It's the right thing to say, but sometimes it's the hard thing to live out. Amen? Worship thieves. Worship thieves. This is the second thing today, and I'm running through these. You know, before I get to worship, I want to tell you something. I actually... Ask permission for this because you're still not going to have a clue. Someone in our church came in with some money. And, and it's not just come in like, oh, they won a lottery ticket like Pastor John was talking about. And I'm not, I don't, I don't think Christians should. But if you do play the lottery, just give 20% to the church. Anyways, um, I think it's in Leviticus. I don't know. <laughs> but she, she worked hard, little company. And it was sold. And so she made a good chunk of change. And she, she set up a meeting with me to say, hey, I'm going to tithe. Once the government gets half of it, I'm going to tithe on it. I'm like, oh, okay, great, thank you. And then um, she goes, you know what's funny? Everyone's against me. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, my accountant's saying I'm crazy. My family's saying I'm crazy. And my friends are saying I'm crazy. They're saying I should go buy a house, or I should go buy this luxury car, or I should you know, go to... And she goes, but no. She goes, that... To me, and then they, they say this to her. Well, I can't believe your church is asking for that money. And she goes, my church isn't asking for the money. My Lord is. Last week after John's sermon, she came up to me in the lobby in the corner with tears in her eyes. And she says, even though I've got all these people in my, world, my life saying bad, 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 kind of like Judas, right? Mary had the crowd of everyone saying bad, bad, bad. She goes, I am at so much peace. I am so happy. Church, even though I fight it in my own life, I am in a much better place when I sit at the feet of Jesus. How about you? So what are the thieves out there? This is the second point. Distraction. If you look at this story, distraction. Work, relationships, sports, hobbies, addictions, money, they all go there. Have you noticed this to be true? When you get distracted, the Lord kind of becomes second, third, fourth. 
If we look at this story, we also see worry. Luke 10, 41, the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about so many things. Worry is a worship thief. As a matter of fact, I read this and, you know, it's interesting that Jesus had to say Martha, Martha. <laughs> Not just Martha, but Martha, Martha. Like, it almost, it almost looks like he had to settle her down. She was not making good choices, and those choices were fueling bad choices. Sound familiar? What are you worried about today? What am I worried about today? See, worry paralyzes me. It paralyzes us. It is a thief that could take us out. It taints our ability to make good choices. When our mind is full of worries, there's no mental space or energy to focus on the goodness and the worthiness of Jesus Christ, his love, his mercy, and the list goes on. I think worry takes our eyes off of God, off of worship, and it stills the joy of our life. I wish I had more time, but you know, Matthew Perry, just a recent story. I didn't know. I just know him. I'm friends. I didn't know his story. I hadn't heard. But I, I read a lot of quotes. I read a lot of stuff this week. And, you know, Matthew Perry was quoted as saying that um, early, at an early age, he prayed to God to be famous. And he says, and God gave him that fame. And he goes, it didn't fill the void that I thought it would have. I didn't know that he struggled with addiction. Um, I guess he recently came out with a book. I think it's in his book where he said that he went uh, into rehab over 60 times. And so he had this addiction that he just couldn't, couldn't get. Um, eventually, he would say he did. And um, he started a rehab home, I believe. It's in Malibu. And one of the quotes that I found fascinating, and, and I'm going to mess this up, but it was something along the lines of, when, when, I, when I'm gone, I hope it's not friends that people remember me first for, but helping others. Right? I think I got that right. And I just, I thought, there's a guy that had this crossroad many, many times. And I pray that, you know, he, he, he got it, right? Uh, there towards the last decade of his life or so. But it's a battle, isn't it, for all of us? And so I want to be vulnerable with that to just say, you know, worry is part of those, one of the biggest things that could take us out. Irritation is another one. Um, the, the Greek word is tarasso, which means to cause a person's inward commotion, to take away the calmness of the heart. All of these are thieves that would like to take us away from worshiping Jesus and placing us back into the chaos of life. So I close with the third thing, and it'll take one minute. Worship practices. What are some positive things that we could do? Number one, rest. I fight this one. I fight this one. But rest is the best thing. She sat at Jesus' feet doesn't mean she sat there 24-7. But she made sure that she sat at Jesus' feet. Are you taking time to sit at Jesus' feet? 
Lee Iacocca was one of the U.S. auto industry's executives who ran Ford and then eventually Chrysler. He's quoted as saying, I'm constantly amazed by the number of people who can't seem to control their own schedule. Busy doesn't equal productive. Listen is the second practice. She sat down at his feet and listened to what he said. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you reading his word? Are you taking it in? Are you meditating? Thirdly, trust. You could choose chaos or you could choose Christ. Which one will you worship? Which one is worthy? It's your call and yours alone. And lastly, choice. Luke 10 says, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is best and it will be taken away from her and it won't be taken away. Church, there's a lot to think about, isn't there? But my prayer is that ultimately you would choose Christ over chaos. Father, thank you. Help us. This ain't easy. Help us with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. mercies and your love that you've always shown me you forget all my rebellion